Good evening. On February 25th, 2020, Mayor London Breed declared a state of emergency in regards to COVID-19. Thereafter, Governor Newsom issued a statewide order for all residents to shelter in place, and following that, numerous orders of the county health officer and supplemental mayoral proclamations and directives were issued to slow and reduce the spread of COVID-19. As authorized by California Government Code Section 54953 little e and the Mayor's 45th Supplement to her February 25, 2020 Emergency Proclamation, the Rent Board Commission's meeting this evening is being held remotely without providing a physical location. Members of the Rent Board Commission will participate and vote by video. Members of the public may observe the meeting live online at the link listed on the agenda and the remote meeting access information and may provide public comment by telephone by dialing in to 415-655-0001 and entering access code 2480-631-7255. Because tonight's meeting is being streamed using the WebEx events platform, please be aware that there may be moments of silence, connection issues, or a slight delay between the actual meeting and what members of the public are seeing. Please know that we are doing the best we can and we ask for your patience. I am Executive Director and Board Secretary Christina Varner and Rent Board staff member Diana Flores and I will be managing the technological functions this evening. Commissioners and staff, if you have not already done so, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise and keep them muted unless you are actively speaking. As in previous remote meetings, I want to thank several people who have worked to make this meeting possible, including the Rent Board Commissioners, staff at the Department of Technology, yet again, thank you so much, uh, Rent Board staff, particularly Kathy Helton, Elvira James, Lee Hyun, Diana Flores, Senior ALJ Joey Kumis, Senior ALJ Connie Brandon, and several other departments board secretaries who continue to provide much needed advice on remote meetings. Thank you. The commission has strongly encouraged interested parties to submit their comments in writing prior to this meeting to rentboard at sfgov.org. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sfrb, pardon me, at uh, sf.gov slash rentboard in the commission meetings uh, section. While you may view the meeting using the link listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-0001. You will then enter access code 2480-631-7255, press pound and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you're calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. 
you will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak during another public comment opportunity. Please visit the Rent Board's website for ongoing updates uh, during the COVID-19 event. President Gruber. I was unmuting. Uh, item number one, let's call the meeting to order. And I'd like to ask Commissioner Tom to read the Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement. Was I heard? With the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramaytooth Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respect by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytooth community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Tom. Uh, uh, Executive Director, please call the roll. Thank you, President Gruber. President Gruber? Aye. President Gruber present. Commissioner Tom? I'm sorry, Commissioner Tom, I think your uh, audio is a bit low this evening. Can you please repeat? Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Tom. Uh, just to let you know, your audio is still a bit uh, garbled or low this evening. I'm not sure if others on the call are hearing that tonight. That Commissioner better? Wasserman, I'm so sorry. Commissioner Tom? Is this better? Yes, a little bit better. Thank you. Commissioner Wasserman? I hear. Commissioner Wasserman present. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein not present. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Here. Commissioner Mossbucker present. Commissioner Crow. Here. Commissioner Crow present. Commissioner Chan. Commissioner Chan not present. Commissioner Sawney. Present. Commissioner Sawney present. Commissioner Hung. Commissioner Hung not present. Commissioner Haley. Commissioner Haley present. And I would like to acknowledge that the following staff members are also present uh, on this meeting tonight. Senior Administrative Law Judge Connie Brandon, Senior Administrative Law Judge Joey Kumis, Rent Board Specialist Diana Flores, uh, new Rent Board Staff Member Michelle Bisson, and myself, Executive Director and Board Secretary Christina Varner.
Thank you very much. Uh, we'll move on to item number four, approval of the minutes. Um, I ask for approval of the minutes of October 11. Uh, so moved. I'll second that. Any additions, subtractions, comments? Call for the vote. Thank you, President Gruber. A motion to approve the minutes of October 11th, 2022. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Tom? Aye. Commissioner Crow? Aye. Commissioner Sawney? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? I'm just going to abstain. I was not the meet at the meeting. Thank you, Commissioner Haley. The minutes have been approved of October 11th. We move on to item number five, remarks from the public. Executive Director, it's all yours. Thank you, President Gruber. Pardon me just one moment. It is now time for the first of two public comment call-in periods. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website. While you may view the meeting using the link listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-655. 0001. You will then enter access code 2480-631-7255, press pound and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting, unless you disconnect. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak during another public comment opportunity. Rent Board staff member Diana Flores will be operating the phone system today. I will be keeping time on a timer. When your time is up, you should hear the timer ringing. Time will be called and you as the caller will be muted. Uh, Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hands in the queue wishing to provide public comment at this time? Yes, we have four callers in the queue. Thank you so much. Can you please allow the first caller? Caller, you have three minutes. Good evening. This is Justin Goodman. I am representing the landlord respondent on line A, 1589 Sacramento Street. 
uh, Unit 9. This is Tenant Appeal AT220040. Uh, earlier today, the parties stipulated uh, to continue the matter, uh, I believe, for uh, at least 60 days to facilitate a settlement agreement, and I just wanted to make sure that this was brought to the Commission's attention before considering anything on the merits. Uh, in the event the Commission does not want to grant the requested continuance for whatever reason, landlord respondent would like to reserve public comment but does not otherwise want to waste the Commission's time. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, do we have additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have five additional callers at this time. Thank you so much. Can you please allow the next caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, my name is Vivian DeWire. I live at, at 1965 Page Street and I'm calling in regards to the appeal. Um, I think it's the second item today to be heard. And I want to confirm my opinion to reject this appeal because the current uh, proposal is uh, from Veritas is um, not something that we've seen before or been able to comment on. And so um, we would like to follow up with a supplemental hearing um, so that we can express opinions. Uh, and the new plans uh, have some changes uh, to what they are proposing that were not included earlier. And so we need to be able to be heard and also for a judge to make an opinion on um, what it is that they're proposing. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional callers in the queue uh, raising their hand wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have four more callers. Thank you so much. Can you please allow the next caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Hi there, I'm Carl Russo, also calling on behalf of Vanessa Picton, also uh, calling about item C, 1965 Page Street. Uh, both of us uh, have bicycles that we use daily for work, rain or shine, uh, including today. Um, the bike rack that is what has been in dispute with the landlord is guaranteed in our lease, but for most of our neighbors, it's not. So the new proposal from the landlord, which we've not had a hearing on, uh, completely contradicts itself. One place it says the bike racks are not guaranteed to tenants, and in another place it says that they're expanding bike parking. And so actually last June, uh, Veritas tried to say that bike racks are not a housing service, it's wipe them out at any time. But anyway, here's the problem with the, the new plans. They're, they're not clear, they're confusing. We went from 21 bike spots, which we all agreed at the uh, July hearing exist down in the garage. They wanted to cut them down to 16. Now they're up to 24 bike spaces. Also looking at these new architectural plans, uh, comparing them with the previous ones, uh, are it's impossible because they're drawn at different scales. A lot of the measurements are missing. So the whole thing seems really improvised just as a way to push this, uh, the plans for the new ADUs through. Uh, we know nothing about the new upright bike racks that they're proposing, except that they'll be way too narrow for my bicycle, or Vanessa's bicycle. We have side bags for groceries. So. We all use the bikes in this building heavily, daily. They just can't be crammed into a locker. And uh, just a side note, the garage looks like in these new plans that they've uh, kind of 
change things there too. So these are, these are totally new plans. We really deserve to have a proper hearing on them. So I ask that the commissioners go along with Judge Dayall's recommendation to remand this case. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? Yes, we have three more callers. Can you please allow the next caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Thank you. My name is Denise Bradley, and I am a tenant at 1965 Page Street, and I am also calling about item C under your consideration of appeals. Um, the amended plan that the landlord submitted with their appeal uh, was not part of the hearing, uh, our hearing with Judge Dial, and was not part of the post-hearing submission. So I would request that you either deny the appeal because it's based on information that the tenants have not had a chance to review, or re you remand this case for a supplemental hearing with the judge so that the tenants will have an opportunity to review the plan and respond. Thank you for your consideration of my comments and request. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional callers in the queue wishing to provide comment? We have two more callers. Please allow the next caller. Caller, you will have three minutes. Hello, my name is Barbara Seaton. I'm the owner of 668 Waller Street. It's item F on the agenda. Um, the appeal number is 2200-46. And um, I just want to point out a couple issues uh, with regard to my uh, matter, and that is that the underlying purpose of Section 1.21 is um, not to allow tenants that have um, other residences to take advantage of a rent-controlled um, unit. Uh, my situation um, actually directly relates to this in the sense that my tenant not only has one residence, but he has two additional residences uh, beyond my apartment um, that he rented. Um, quite troubling to me is that um, my tenant had stated uh, back in March of 2022 um, when he met with two San Francisco code, uh, code enforcement officials that he was occupying um, his home, which is about uh, two and a half miles from my property. And he purchased it in 2019 and uh, his deed of trust um, clearly states that he was supposed to own or occupy the property. And he um, claimed he was doing that um, in March of this year, uh, he claimed that he had moved in to the property and he had a bed there, a washer and dryer, um, utilities, um, specifically relating to the period of time that he claimed that he was living there. Um, and when I filed my petition for the rent increase, um, my tenant suddenly uh, claimed that he was living back in my apartment 
uh, on Waller Street and that he had never lived in the home at 886 Petrero Avenue, which completely contradicts his statements to the building code officials. Um, I am respectfully asking the board to reconsider this decision and grant me the rent increase that I believe I deserve, um, born out of the evidence that we submitted and also based on the fact that my tenant has two additional residences and he's been claiming occupancy of those residences in addition to my, re my apartment on Waller Street. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there additional callers in the queue raising their hands wishing to provide comment at this time? Yes, we have one more caller. Great. Can you please allow the caller? Caller, you will have three minutes. Thank you. Hi, my name is Greg Dakota. I'm calling regarding case number L220476, which was determined a decision by uh, Judge Juarez. I read the entire brief um, and um, the decision, and I found some flaws in the logic as to why he denied it. Um, according to your code 1.21 uh, for rent control, an individual cannot maintain more than one residence. According to your planning code 204.1, an individual um, must maintain a, uh, a residence if they declare they have an office in that residence. In this particular case, David Lowe, in fact, owns the property at um, 886 Bertrero Avenue and living on the Walter Street property 668. He's claiming uh, the rent control at the Walter Street, but yet he's maintaining an office at, um, at Petrero Avenue, claiming that it is a home office, which is contradictory against the two different uh, types of code in, in San Francisco. So I too am urging the, uh, the panel to review the case and, um, and reverse Judge Juarez's decision uh, additional to it, um, in the case, I found it extraordinary that um, beginning in January, February, and March, his gas electric bills had uh, soared uh, compared to the previous periods from the previous year. And um, when the complaint was filed in April, all of a sudden, he rescinded all of those charges. It just, his gas electric bills dropped. Additionally, um, when he was challenged by the code inspector, he then um, um, maintained a recology um, service, which he then, from what I understand, also canceled thereafter. So again, I urge you guys to review the case. If you read the briefs very carefully, you'll see that there is contradiction in the logic as to why Judge Juarez um, awarded, or I should say denied, um, the landlord for rent increase. I thank you for your time. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, uh, are there additional callers in the queue raising their hand wishing to provide comment? Yes, there's an additional caller at this time. Can you please allow the caller? 
Caller, you will have three minutes. Hi, good evening. I'm speaking as to line C, 1965 Page Street. My name is Laura Campbell and I represent the landlord respondent in this matter. I can keep it brief. Uh, the ALJ in this matter granted the tenant's objection only with regard to bikes and we uh, are asking for and welcome the opportunity to have this remanded um, in accordance with Judge Dial's recommendation and I think in accordance too with what the tenant appearances here were requesting, um, the opportunity to remand it and explain how our plans do in fact provide for an increase of biking spaces. Um, I think that it can be difficult to read and understand plans and we're happy to revisit this matter and make sure that it's perfectly clear that the biking spaces uh, will accommodate up to 24 spaces. Uh, I have no further comments other than that, but uh, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there any additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? Not at this time. Thank you so much. So we'll give it just a quick moment. Um, members of the public, this is the first of two public comment call-in periods this evening. There will be a second opportunity to provide comment at the conclusion of the consideration of appeals. And uh, we will go ahead um, with closing this uh, public comment period if there are no new callers in the queue wishing to provide comment. If you have already provided comment during this public comment call-in period, um, that is your only opportunity at this time. Um, You're welcome to provide comment by calling in uh, and dialing star and three to what's called raise your hand at the uh, end of the consideration of appeals when we have the second public comment call-in period. Ms. Flores, do we have any additional members of the public uh, wishing to provide comment at this time? Not at this time. Okay, so we'll go ahead and close uh, the first of two public comment call-in periods this evening. Again, there will be a second opportunity to address the commissioners uh, after the consideration of appeals this evening. Thank you so much. Give us just one moment. Thank you. Thank you, Executive Director. At, at this point, I'd like to announce the, uh, the consideration of appeals. Uh, item six, uh, A, 1589 Sacramento Street, apartment number nine, uh, I understand that there's been a request to postpone. Well, before you, you consider that, I've got a um, recusal I want to read on the record, and then I'm going to log off, and then you can consider that, and then I'll come back on. That's okay? Yeah. All right. I filed, I, I obviously read the brief and uh, filed a recusal with the Ethics Commission uh, last week. And I'll read it uh, for the record here. Tenants counsel lodged on this appeal a formal objection to my participation in this matter because the attorney who initially filed the petition, Daniel Stern, formally shared office space with me prior to his cancer diagnosis in 2019 and his death in 2021. Mr. Stern and I did not share profits. We were not law partners. We did share office space. 
I do not believe that a recusal is mandated or required in this situation, given that Mr. Stern was not the attorney who prosecuted and litigated this matter at the rent board, and the landlord has never been a client of mine. However, to avoid even the appearance of a conflict of interest, I have decided to recuse myself from considering this matter. And I would just add to that that when counsel uh, for the tenant made this comment at the end of the consideration of appeals the last time we heard this matter, uh, I was unaware of Mr. Stern's prior involvement and I went into my office the next day and, and found in his records uh, that he was initially the landlord's uh, counsel on this. So with that, I'll go ahead and uh, log off for the moment and then Christina, you'll text me when I'm ready to come on. Yes. And Commissioner Wasserman has logged off the meeting. Okay. Uh, uh, at this point, uh, uh, I understand that that there's been a uh, request for a continuance. There has been a request been for a re continuance, Commissioner uh, President Gruber. Um, ordinarily, and in the past, this hasn't happened in the, in a bit. Um, we've uh, read the case description into the record and um, the commissioners have agreed to continue the case um, without a motion. However, if you would like to make a motion this evening, that's um, permissible as well. So, uh, do we need to read the, uh, the actual uh, case? case description? Yes. The case description? Since it's still on the agenda, President Gruber. Okay, so I'll go ahead and read that, and then afterwards uh, we'll set up the uh, the the, the uh, uh, continuance, right? Yes. Okay, item A, fifteen eighty nine Sacramento Street, apartment number nine. The landlord's petition for a rent increase pursuant to the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act was initially denied. The administrative law judge found that an original occupant, Christine Nguyen, continued to permanently reside in the unit and therefore the landlord's rent increase effective December 15, 2019 was determined to be null and void. The landlord's appeal of the initial decision was considered by the rent board commissioners on July 12, 2022 who voted to accept the appeal and remand the case to the ALJ to find that tenant Christine Nguyen is no longer an original occupant. In the remand decision, the administrative law judge granted the landlord's petitions and found that no original occupants continue to permanently reside in the unit. The tenants now appeal the remand decision and argue in part that Christine Nguyen remains an original occupant and that a commissioner who voted to grant the landlord's initial appeal had a conflict of interest. So at this point, go ahead. Since the parties have stipulated to continue the case for 60 days, I would suggest that we agree unanimously that that, that happened. Now, do, do, is that, I, I have to apologize. I agree with the executive director. It's been a while since we've done this. Uh, is that a motion, or do we? Uh, can we just? Uh... 
I would say unless someone objects, then we should just direct the staff to go ahead and continue it and and we don't for see 60 a days. motion. Executive director, that'd be for 60 days. That's what the parties are requesting and have agreed to President Gruber. Okay, uh, is there any objection from the commissioners? Then uh, the item a will be continued for 60 days, uh, which would put it uh, um, in January, I guess, our January meeting. Does that sound right? Where are we now? Approximately. Approximately. Okay. <laughs> We have a 60 day continuance to Prox January. Okay, being no objections to that, uh, uh, that, that concludes the uh, item A, and we'll move on to item B. 2443, pardon? President Gruber, I'm so sorry if we can wait till. Until, oh, let's get uh, the Commissioner, Commissioner Wasserman back. Sorry about yeah. that. And it looks like Commissioner Wasserman is. I'm here. Um, mostly here. Senator Hung was trying to get on too, by the way. He sent an email to the group. Oh. He said he needs to be promoted from a participant to a panelist. Oh, thank you. Sure. Ms. Flores, would you be able to. Thank you for elevating Commissioner Hung. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hung. Commissioner Hung is president present at 6.36 p.m. Okay, thank you, President Gruber. You can continue to item B. Okay, item B, 2443 38th Avenue. The tenant's petition claiming an unlawful rent increase was granted. The administrative law judge determined that the property consists of two dwelling units, and therefore the landlord's rent increase effective July 10th, 2022, was not authorized by the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act. On appeal, the landlord states that he did not appear at the hearing because he believed his attorney would appear on his behalf in that the property does not contain two units, but is a single family home that was rented to the tenant in its entirety. I would uh, move to remand for a new hearing so he can have counsel appear properly prepare for this matter. I second that remand, the request for the remand. I'm going to make a comment despite that. I think it's a waste of our time given the tenant's submission with the email from the landlord in which he, he states the utilities for the in-law are separate and do not impact upstairs usage. Um, but I guess this, we should give this landlord a chance to lie to, to the administrative law judge's face. 
Commissioner Mossbacher, I, I totally agree, uh, but it seems that uh, we have to give a little bit of leeway from time to time um, as much as it, it doesn't feel right. Any further comments? Go ahead. I perfectly understand that. Thank you. Um, are there any further comments? Uh, call for the vote, please. I'd like to please clarify the second. I heard both President Gruber and Commissioner Sawney seconding this motion of Commissioner Wasserman. I can defer to President Gruber. Thank you, Commissioner Sawney. Well, thank you. Go ahead. A motion to accept the appeal and remand the case for a new hearing to allow the landlord to appear at the hearing with counsel. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Reluctantly, aye. Commissioner Sawney. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Item C. The uh, item B has been uh, uh, remanded back uh, uh, for the. Uh, uh, for the uh, council to appear, and uh, if he doesn't appear, uh, th then that's it. No more, no more chances. Item C, nineteen sixty-five Page Street. The tenant's objection to the landlord's ADU declaration was granted. The administrative law judge found that the landlord's proposed uh, uh, ADU construction project, resulting in a reduction of bike parking spaces constitutes a substantial reduction in housing services pursuant to rent ordinance section 37.2 R. On appeal, the landlord argues in part that the landlord's current construction plans will accommodate more bikes parking spaces than previously proposed. I move to remand the case for a supplemental hearing to allow consideration of the proposed amended plans and to give the tenants an opportunity to respond. That's that's fine, Commissioner Gruber. You well, I, I can defer. I don't need to. I'm not trying to grab all this. And no, <laughs> let's just move on. Thank okay. You. Is there any further comments? Any additional? Please call for the vote. Thank you, President Gruber. A motion to accept the appeal and remand the case for a supplemental hearing to allow consideration of the proposed amended plans and to give the tenants an opportunity to respond. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. I'm sorry, President Gruber. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, the remand has been approved. We move on to item D, 235 Eddy Street, apartment 219. The landlord's appeal was filed one day late because their work email was inaccessible on the last day to appeal, and the rent board no longer accepts submissions by fax. I need to uh, recuse myself. I filed with the Ethics Commission. I. Deepak Patel, who's the landlord in this case, is a client of mine, although I didn't participate in this matter. 
So I'll log off and just text me when you're done. Thank you. Commissioner Wasserman has left the meeting. Okay, do I find good cause? Uh, uh, do we find good cause for the one day late filing? I would move to find good cause. Second, is there a second? Second. Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to find good cause for the late filing of the appeal. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. The filing has been approved uh, one day late. Now the tenant's appeal was filed seven days late because he did not know the landlord was going to appeal the decision until after the appeal deadline had passed. Do I find good cause for the seven day late? I would move to find good cause. A second. Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to find good cause for late filing of the tenant's appeal. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, the, uh, we've approved the, uh, the delay. Uh, we now move to the body of the uh, of the appeal. The tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was granted in part, and the landlord was found liable to the tenant in the amount of $450 for the loss of premium television channels. On appeal, the landlord argues that the premium television channels were never provided to the tenant by the landlord. In his appeal, the tenant argues that the monthly rent reduction should have been valued at $130 per month instead of $30 per month. Move to deny. So we have an appeal by the. Is it, do we have two uh, uh, discussions? Uh, is there one where the landlord says there shouldn't be any? Um, so just for clarification, maybe we should just one one by one. So I, I second denying the appeal of the landlord. And then maybe we can move to the next uh, appeal. Do we do do uh, do we do these separately by vote? I think it would be easiest to make it clear. I'm sorry. I'd support that. Do we bring a vote on each at a, one at a time? I was yeah. I was confused for a second. I was intending to just. Uh, Move to deny both of them, but I guess they are two separate appeals. So um, I'd like to withdraw that first motion that I made. And um, I'm putting the motion to deny on the 
the second one, which was my intention about the $130 instead of the $30. So the appeal of the tenant? Correct. So I'm sorry, could we, uh, um, are we voting on both? I think we need a motion for the landlords. Uh, we need a first for the landlords. Um, okay. So we first we'll do the first for the landlord. Uh, we have a we have a um, a motion and a second to deny. Is that correct? We don't have we don't have a motion because Commissioner Tom withdrew his his. Yeah, motion. I withdrew my motion. The landlords. <laughs> I would like to then submit a motion to deny the landlord's appeal. Thank I you, Commissioner Tom. Thank you. Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the landlord's appeal. Commissioner Sani. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, now we have the uh, the second motion, and that is to. Um, That is to deny the, the tenant's appeal. Is that correct? That's correct. Any discussion? We have a we have a a, a motion and a second. We don't have a second. Okay. Uh, any discussion? Call for the vote. I think we need a second. President Gruber. Well, not hearing any. I second. <laughs> Any discussion? Call for the vote, please. A motion to deny the tenant's appeal. Commissioner Tom? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecker? Aye. Commissioner Sawney? And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, so for uh, 235 Eddy Street, the uh, landlord's uh, um, appeal has been denied and a tenant's appeal has been denied. We move on to item E. A oh, is. Uh, Commissioner Wasserman is rejoining the meeting right now. Can I go ahead? Is he back or? I'm here. Okay, item E, 848th Avenue, apartment number six. The tenant's appeal was filed one day late because they were working outside of San Francisco on the last day to file an appeal and arrived at the rent board's office after it closed. Do I have a motion for good cause? I'll move to find good cause. Second. Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to find good cause for the late filing of the appeal. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom, uh, I'm so sorry, Commissioner Sawney. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. The appeal is that the tenant's petition alleging decreased housing services was granted in part 
and the landlord was found liable to the tenants in the amount of $3,540 for a loss of garage parking, mold and mildew, and the removal of, uh, of laundry machines. On appeal, the tenants claim that they've encountered various new problems in the unit, including issues with their phone and internet services, mold and humidity that has damaged their clothing, and bank fraud by the landlord's employees. Move to deny. I'm going to uh, second that motion because it sounds like the new problems which should be addressed as a, in a separate petition and, and there should could be a he new hearing on those issues, but it doesn't seem appropriate to allow amendment at this late date. Any further discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman. Commissioner Mossbrucker. Aye. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, the uh, tennis uh, appeal uh, it, uh, uh, has been denied. We move on to item F, 668 Waller Street. The landlord appeals the decision denying her petition under rules and regulations section 1.21. In the decision, the administrative law judge found that the landlord petitioner did not meet the burden of proving that the subject unit was not the tenant respondent's principal place of residence at the time the petition was filed. The landlord appeals, arguing that the tenant's principal place of residence is actually one of the two properties he owns and claims residence in, in that it's unfair for a tenant with two other residences to receive the benefit of rent control. I would move to deny. I second that motion. Any discussion? I just would add, I feel bad for the owner in this instance, but really, if you look at 121, it's where somebody principally resides. You could own six residences, but if you principally reside somewhere and spend majority of your time at that place, then that's your principal place of residence. I don't think it, it actually uh, enhances the, uh, the, the, the the reasons and the purposes of rent control uh, to have a, someone with uh, the financial wherewithal to have a situation like this. Any further comments? He declared on his taxes that he had a different principal place of residence. So I, I'm not sure how we can determine that that uh, Waller Street was his principal place of residence. I think it's been pretty established in section uh, 21.2.1 for uh, tenants, uh, defining tenancy about the requirements for it, or at least the majority of the requirements for it. And for us to pick and choose which ones we make, which are apl applicable, I think kind of goes against the precedent that we've established already from all the other cases that we've seen before. So I think we've hit the, met the burden of proof to show that it's, it's primary tenants, tenancy. And I would like to point out that this tenant purchased property in San Francisco under the threat of an Ellis eviction, which 
he had no idea of how, whether or not he would be able to defeat it. So I don't think we should hold it against him that he wanted to maintain some housing in San Francisco. Well, I've also voiced my opinion that the we're not uh, uh, a judicial court in which uh, uh, case law applies. So every case is different. Everything, every case has a different uh, uh, component, and uh, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be the uh, uh, way to to preserve housing for for um, uh, uh, the needs that we have. Any further discussion? I, I would just comment that I, I agree that um, this does seem to defy the spirit of the rent control um, act, but I think that um, we are a legislative, I mean, we're not a judiciary and we can't make, I mean, I think within the, the rules of law that the ALJ's decision is supported, even, you know, the policy issues regarding whether, um, attempt to be a, a multiple property owner and and also have the benefit of this um, protection is a, a bigger question but I don't think we can resolve that or it's a basis for um, overruling the ALJ's decision Commissioner Haley's right I mean it, it, what we could do but again this would be done legislatively or through the voters is pass means testing like they have in New York where if you make over a certain amount of money, you're not entitled to rent control protections, but we don't have that law here. Any further comments? Call for the vote, please. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Mossbucker. Aye. Commissioner Sawney. Aye. President Gruber. No. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. And Commissioner Hung? Aye. The landlord's uh, appeal has been denied. Item G, 542 Presidio Avenue. The tenants petition claiming an unlawful rent increase under the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act was granted. It was determined that the tenant, Patrick Domingo, is an original occupant who continues to permanently reside in the subject unit. And therefore, the landlord's rent increase effective April 27, 2022, was found to be null and void. On appeal, the landlord claims in part that the tenant sublet the entire unit to his brothers and actually resides in the house he owns with his wife. I would move to deny the appeal. The landlord didn't raise any new issues that were not raised in front of the administrative law judge and the administrative law judge weighed the evidence and made the finding. I second that motion. Discussion. Um, I have a, I have a question. Um, it, the, the, the basis for the ALJ's ruling is that, um, that it relies on the, the lack of definition of permanently reside. Um, and so they, they did not sort of consider and, and specifically that there's no requirement that a tenant, that a tenant, um, 
that a tenant have as a, that have the the, the the rental unit at issue as his principal place of residency. Um, so as I understand it, because it, the record seems to indicate that that the tenant did not use this as his principal place of residency, that he it wasn't where he returned home to. Um, it was a place that he slept at two or three nights a week when his wife was working so that his work schedules and hers wouldn't conflict. And my question is, is, is it not appropriate to consider the, the tenants that test by the, of the tenants in residency? And um, not in this situation, because this rent increase is simply a cost of Hawkins rent increase. It's not a rent increase under uh, rule and regulation 1.21 and cost of Hawkins, the rental cost of Hawkins rental act, the state law doesn't have a principal place of residence requirement in it. Great question. We've been begging the court of appeal now for over 20 years to define permanent place of occupancy. And thus far we've been unsuccessful. And I say we meaning those of us that practice in this area from Los Angeles to, you know, Eureka and, and uh, we've no definition for it. So that's kind of left to the discretion of, of local rent boards. Whereas 121, as Commissioner Mossbrucker pointed out, has a specific definition. But I mean, just as a matter of logic, how do you, how do you, how do you meet one test and not the other? Courts have held it at under the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act. You can't read into it additional terms that are not existent. And it's been very narrowly interpreted in, in this area. So until there's an appellate decision, there are two separate standards. And it's confusing for everyone, not just landlords or not just tenants. It's, it's, that's why we have two separate appeals on this issue. The landlord can give under some circumstances, both a cost of Hawkins rent increase and a rule and regulation 1.21 rent increase. But sometimes they does, the landlord is not able to meet the standard under both. So they proceed under just one type of petition and that's the situation here. And if they get more confusing, our rent board says you can have more than one permanent place of residence. You could only have one principal place of residence under, for example, an owner move in or 121. Uh, but you can have more than one permanent place of residence. So it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Okay. Thank you. Is there further discussion? Uh, well, I hope that this uh, uh, landlord has the uh, wherewithal to uh, review this with counsel properly. Um, I, I feel bad for the way this turns out. Um, the the the, uh, uh, the submittal of of, of uh, the landlord at the uh, for for our uh, appeal purposes came after the hearing, and and I think there was some information there that could have very very well been uh, better better presented. Uh, any further comment? Call for the vote, please. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Aye. Commissioner Sawney? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. 
And Commissioner Hung. Aye. Okay, with that, uh, uh, the, the uh, petition for uh, 542 Presidio has been denied. And that concludes our appeals. And we move on to item number five, being the remarks from the public and executive director, all yours. Thank you, President Gruber. It is now time for the second of two public comment call-in periods this evening. The public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the rent board's website. While you may view the meeting using the link listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. A phone number to call in to give public comment is 415-655-0001. You will then enter access code 2480-631-7255, press pound and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you're calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. You will have three minutes to speak, and if you have an interpreter on the line with you, you will have six minutes. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. Um, commissioners and staff, uh, apart from Ms. Flores, if you can please mute your mics um, so there's no background noise uh, while members of the public are speaking. Thank you. Uh, RIMP board staff member Diana Flores will be operating the phone system again today and I will be keeping time on a timer. When your time is up, you will hear the timer ringing, time will be called, and you will be muted. Uh, Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hands in the queue wishing to provide public comment at this time? No, we do not have any callers in the queue. Okay, thank you so much. So members of the public, this is the second and final opportunity of the evening to address the commissioners. Um, this is the second of two public comment call-in periods. Uh, the commission has concluded the consideration of appeals this evening. So if you would like to speak and provide comment uh, to the commission, you have a total of three minutes to do so. You would dial in on the phone 415-655-0001, enter access code 2480-631-7255, press pound, pound, star three so that we can see your, what's called raising your hand uh, and wishing to provide public comment. Ms. Flores, are there any members of the public uh, raising their hand in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? No, not at this time. 
Okay, we will give it just one more moment. As it seems that there are no members of the public uh, raising their hands wishing to provide comment. Again, uh, members of the public, this is the last opportunity this evening to uh, provide comment, address the commissioners. Um, the commission has concluded the consideration of appeals. We'll give it just another moment. Ms. Flores, has any member of the public joined us uh, wishing to provide public comment? No. Thank you so much. So at this time, we will go ahead and close uh, the second of two public comment call-in periods this evening. Give us just one moment. President Gruber, I think you are muted. Thank you very much. At this Thank point, you. I'd like to announce that it's time for communications. Item number seven, communications and uh, executive director, please. Thank you, President Gruber. Uh, good evening, commissioners. This is executive director, Christina Varner. Um, you should have received articles from staff uh, Let's see, from the Chronicle, the Examiner, and KQED. You will also find uh, the monthly workload statistics for August and September 2022. And as well, you would have received a proposed uh, rent board uh, rules and regulations section 2.21 draft one. And that's all I have for communications, President Gruber. And what are we doing with this draft? Uh, you're going to be discussing that in a little bit uh, as old business. Okay. At this point, I'd like to announce that it's time for the director's report. Item number eight, director's report. Thank you so much again, President Gruber. Um, good evening, commissioners. This is Executive Director Christina Varner. Um, a little bit the same, a little bit different this evening. <laughs> um, operations remain the same currently. Um, we are open to the public at reduced hours for the past month um, in line with city guidance and with support from the public. The phone counseling lines remain open to the public, um, busy as usual with the hours again of 9 a.m. to noon and 1 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, excluding holidays. And this Friday is a legal holiday. Uh, staff continue to work on a hybrid basis, both at home and in the office. We continue to work with the Department of Public Works Architecture and Bureau of Building Repair and other collaborators on the new space on the sixth and seventh floors. In regards to the housing inventory and the rent board fee, uh, so some property owners may have noticed that they received their 2023 rent board fee and housing inventory informational notice recently. Um, these are being currently being mailed out uh, to all property owners, informing them of their requirement to report into the housing inventory, their anticipated March 1st rent board fee obligation, and how to request an exemption of the 2023 rent board fee if they believe they should be exempt, and how to report into the housing inventory. Um, the 
just to remind owners, the housing inventory reporting deadline for owners of all properties of all sizes or all unit counts is March 1st, 2023. And just to uh, emphasize, we do strongly encourage owners to report directly into the rent board portal, um, even if it's just a quick reporting for an owner occupied property. Um, please just go to the portal directly, uh, portal.sfrb.org, and it is quite easy to quickly report into directly into the portal, saving owners a lot of time. Uh, and that actually starts with single family dwellings, right? It goes from a, a single unit all the way up. Every every size, President Gruber. That is correct. Do you have any pushback or any information on, on when I think of a, of, of a single family dwelling and the smaller units that there are people there that aren't as well versed with the computer? Um, do, do they have support of some sort to understand this stuff? I think it's a variety, President Gruber. Um, we've we've seen people uh, owners easily reporting who are in one or two unit owner occupied properties. Um, and quickly doing that or having one, one uh, unit that is tenant occupied. The, the rate right now is pretty low given that the notices did just go out or, or sort of going out in waves for the 2023 reporting. So, you know, a lot of that remains to be seen. Um, but generally, you know, there is, there is some use for the small property owners so far. Um, and we have we have seen a, quite a fair number of 2023 rent board fee exemption requests already. And we're just into our uh, eighth day of the month. So we have a little bit of time to go as owners will need to request their exemption of the 2023 fee by December 19th. Thank you. I have a little bit more President Gruber, so I will go on. Um, <clears throat> Notices of delinquent 21-22 rent board fee have been sent to property owners who have not paid their 21-22 fee and the 30 days to pay with late penalties has now run. Um, we are currently again in the midst of cleaning up data and will soon refer the delinquent fee obligation uh, to the city's uh, Bureau of Delinquent Revenue housed at the treasurer and tax collector. Uh, where any delinquent property owners will be charged a commission on top of the outstanding fee and late penalties. How big a universe is that uh, delinquency? Um, the original noticing was about uh, 20,000 units. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 20,000 parcels, President Gruber. Um, yes. We have not yet run the final the final statistics on uh, you know, the, the rate in which we received payment or, uh, other types of communications from the right. landlord regarding those notices. Will there be a report on that? I can provide you that information at the next meeting, President Gruber. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, in regards to legislation, there are just a couple items this evening. Uh, Board of Supervisors file number 210866 version 9 was passed by the Board of Supes and signed by the mayor on October 28th. 
This legislation was one of several measures put forth by the Board of Supervisors this year that sought to upzone single-family home lots in San Francisco and streamline the approval process. Uh, and version nine of this legislation amends the planning code and the rent ordinance to permit up to four dwelling units per lot and up to six dwelling units per corner lot in all residential zoning districts subject to certain requirements. In order to receive the density exception, property owners must own the lot for a minimum of one year and all new units developed under the density exception must be subject to the rent ordinance. Secondly, uh, Board of Supervisors file number 221021, which would make changes to the planning codes home SF program uh, is still before land use and transportation committee. Uh, the Home SF program allows density bonuses and zoning code modifications to new development projects that agree to provide certain amounts of affordable housing. This legislation would expand the Home SF program to projects that agree to subject the residential units in the development to rent control under the rent ordinance instead of providing additional on-site affordable units. And that's all I have for legislation. Were there any questions before I move on? Sorry, can you repeat the status of okay. the, the first legislative item that you, st you stated? Was it approved by the Board of Supervisors? Yes, and that was signed by the mayor on October 28th. And what is the item called again? Uh, that, it's Board of Supervisors file number 210866, which was, uh, upzoning single-family home lots and streamlining the approval process. Thank you. You're welcome. And then uh, the second question is about the renovations to, um, well, at least the expansion of office space for the, for the department. Uh, sure. When, when is our assumed start of construction date or? That's a great question. Um, so let's see. The new space is comprised of uh, two floors that are interconnected by a stairway. And the suite 660, which is on the sixth floor, is the smaller of the two. And we've sort of uh, split off that part of the project from the major tenant improvements as that space is suitable just for uh, uh, finish work. So carpet, paint, a couple other small items. And the Bureau of uh, Building Repair um, is going to be doing that work. They have conducted a hazmat testing and we're waiting for a final quote. It looks like the work for the sixth floor probably won't begin until at least March, um, potentially even later. And uh, BBR is, as you can imagine, <laughs> quite tied up. Um, and the work on seven is a bit different. So um, currently permits are being pulled for, um, goodness, I think everything at this point. So mechanical, um, electrical, uh, I think all, all items from DBI. So, um, and then it has to go out to bid. So, that is probably not going to begin in some sometime well into 2023. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Did anyone else have any other questions about 
the work and the move upstairs. Thank you. Um, so tonight we have another new uh, rent board staff member joining us. I am thrilled. You may have seen her or seen her name on the screen. So Michelle Bisson um, began uh, with the department on October 31st on Halloween. Um, I would like to introduce you to Michelle. Um, she is uh, a senior clerk in our clerical unit. Um, she came, has come to the rent board most recently after having worked as a clerk in corporate insurance and law firms. And she is currently finishing her paralegal studies and has shown to be uh, a great team member so far with a lot of uh, intellectual interest and in what we do at the rent board. Um, so it's great, a lot of curiosity and motivation. We're super thrilled. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, so if you look, and Commissioner Sani, you had uh, sort of asked this at the last meeting, if you look at the org chart, <laughs> um, on the left side is the clerical unit. And so this unit really supports uh, a variety of administrative functions. Um, and this is separate from the rent board fee and housing inventory. So this is like uh, mailing uh, rent board decisions and uh, processing um, buyout filings and processing um, all sorts of other types of filings, eviction notices, et cetera. Um, so Michelle is part of that team uh, and her supervisor is Lenny Gragason, who you met and was newly hired in August. Um, and so that unit is now uh, fully staffed. So we're thrilled and um, please welcome Michelle. Um, and uh, we're so happy to have her as part of the team. Thank you for joining us, Michelle. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I wanted to bring back a couple other issues. Just bear with me a couple of small items and some medium items. So, um, Commissioner Sawney, you had brought forward um, at the last meeting a couple items. Um, regarding the annual statistical report that will probably be available. We believe it will be available next month um, and will be distributed to the commission. Um, then secondly, very importantly, so digital distribution of meeting material. Um, we had discussed this at the last meeting um, and we've discussed this with staff. It looks like the um, easiest and most efficient way uh, to distribute meeting materials to the commissioners um, would be to send documents using uh, OneDrive link. Um, and it would be on the same time frame, same cadence as current, um, where uh, the initial packet materials would be distributed to you 10 days before the meeting on the Friday afternoon. And then a second packet would be distributed to you the Wednesday before the meeting when the minutes from the prior meeting and the current agenda are released. Um, we would uh, like the commissioners to begin using their um, city issued SFGov email accounts um, in order to access uh, the, the uh, meeting information, meeting uh, materials on OneDrive. Um, it is significantly easier for um, 
distribution purposes because it would be everybody would be within the city network and could easily use um, the same systems. Now, we are going to give this a little bit of time and do some tests. <laughs> we don't want to rush into anything too quickly. Um, and uh, that, that is our proposal, though. We found it does work for distributing um, uh, records requests to the public. It works for our business um, in-house and throughout, you know, participating, collaborating with other city departments. Um, so we will not, and President Gruber, I know there's there's a bit of uh, hesitation or reticence in, in receiving uh, digital materials um, for, for the meetings. Um, but we will go through this a bit slowly and you know we can we can do some tests before we make sure that you have full access and everyone has full access to their sfgov city issued email accounts um, and then can easily get into and access OneDrive um, in preparation for receiving digital digitized meeting materials for the month of january are there any uh comments or is there any feedback you'd like to provide staff about this, I I don't I I own my emails from my SFGov email account gets forwarded to my uh, to my private email account, so I actually have no clue on how to access my SFGov email account with all the corresponding requirements. And I don't think I've ever even gotten an overview on how to use it. So, yeah, before we kind of got kind of going on that pathway, it would be helpful to even to know how to use that account. Yes. So we will, and what we can do is make sure, just make sure we capture everybody because some of you probably haven't used it in a long time. If you ever use it, and some of you may have never used it. Um, and uh, it's also really good for um, public records purposes as well, just to be using your SFGov email account for these purposes. Um, so, yeah, we'll provide some written materials and um, make sure everybody is up and functioning with their email accounts, uh, SFGov email accounts, and then we'll go ahead and, and um, run a couple tests with the OneDrive and uh, provide information about logging in. What's the timetable? We're looking to employ this and have uh, meeting materials digitized for the January meeting. Because I'm one of those that, that have never used it. I'm, I'm really at zero. Um, I'm in the same position. I, I'd even forgotten that I had a SFGov email account. So I have no idea whether, even what my username would be at this point. Absolutely. Well, we, we have all that information and we're happy to get it to you um, and make sure it's up and running and get everyone's passwords ironed out. I think that's the biggest issue is, is the passwords, um, isn't it always? Um, so we'll get all that worked out, uh, myself and, and Kathy. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll make sure, we'll make sure that's uh, all, all taken care of before we launch into um, making sure that you're able to access OneDrive. Um, but really with your, with, um, office 365 and outlook webmail, it's, it's quite easy to log in and 
President Gruber, I am happy to work with you on that. Okay, thank you. Um, so similarly, um, another change. So there is a, an important announcement that the current remote meeting platform that we use WebEx events um, will be sunsetting uh, a couple months into the new year. I think I had mentioned this previously. And you've probably noticed that WebEx events is, you know, sometimes a little bit clunky. Um, and I guess I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have been directed by the city's Department of Technology um, to begin using it's a new it's a new updated WebEx meetings system, um, and we would need to start using that for our December 13th meeting. Um, so this will require your uninstalling the current version of the WebEx plugin that you all have in your computers and installing a new plugin. Um, so we are Diana and I are going to. Um, uh, make sure we're fully versed with our primers and all of our information um, from the Department of Technology. Um, and then we can run some tests. We'll send out instructions and, and run a few additional tests prior to the December 13th meeting, just to make sure that everything is running smoothly. If that sounds all right with everybody. But a few more changes. Um, but D, uh, the Department of Technology does um, uh, host WebEx uh, for this department. So um, the entire city and, and all the board secretaries are using it and their, uh, every department's commission is, is moving uh, on with into the new system. So, um, but we have not been given any indication that we will be moved into a hybrid meeting uh, setup or anything in person. So, at this moment, we will be continuing on a strictly remote uh, meeting as we have been for quite some time. So, and as soon as we do hear anything, we'll let you know right away. That's what we know at this moment. Are there any questions about that? Um, two more quick items. Uh, the rent board's annual racial equity survey um, is pending and I will get that link to you shortly to take part in the survey um, that staff who are um, working on racial equity work for the department uh, are have prepared um, and the department would request that you respond um, by Friday, November 18th, but I will let you know that in the email. And finally, um, very exciting. We have a tentative date for a staff and commissioner holiday party. Um, we believe it will be on December 15th um, from four to seven at an outdoor location in Hayes Valley. So very close to the office. Um, no one has to travel anywhere. Um, so we will get you the final information soon um, once it's hammered out, but it has been quite some time since everybody has been in the same place at the same time. Um, but given, uh, at least at this moment, every other person has a cold, so who knows what December will look like, um, but we are, we are uh, adhering to having a gathering outdoors. So bring your scarves, bring your hats, um, bring your wool coats, and uh, we should have a nice time together. 
Thank you. Are there any questions? You forgot to include ugly sweater. Ugly sweaters. There's a trend now, Commissioner Sawney, that should be a sweater that you can, you know, wear all year round, right? So that you're <laughs> getting full use of it. <laughs> uh, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, I suppose. <laughs> With the weather as it's been lately, you'll need to layer many ugly sweaters. <laughs> Is this still the director's report? This is still the director's report. I'm almost <laughs> finished, President Gruber. There was a lot to talk about this evening. Lots yes. going on. Yeah. Kind of amazing, all the things that are happening. Um, I'm now finished, though. If there are any last comments or questions, I'm happy to take those. Thank you very much. Uh, that concludes item number eight. We move on to item number nine, old business. Great. Uh, AB 361, Mayoral Directive and Future Remote Commission Meetings. So we are, as discussed just a moment ago, we're still conducting meetings remotely for the time being. So to keep doing so, you will need to make findings that the meeting continues to be necessary under California Government Code Section 54953, little e. And um, I can go ahead and read the salient points into um, the record and then hold a roll call vote if that suits this commission. Thank you so much. So resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California government code section 54953 little e resolved that the rent board commission finds as follows. Uh, the state of California and the city remain in a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And at this meeting, the Rent Board Commission has considered the circumstances of the state of emergency. As described, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, conducting meetings of this body in person would present imminent risks to the safety of attendees and the state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of members to meet safely in person. And be it further resolved that for at least the next 30 days, unless the mayor issues an earlier order authorizing in-person meetings, all meetings of the Rent Board Commission will continue to occur exclusively by teleconferencing technology and not by any in-person meetings or any other meeting with public access to the places where any policy body member is present for the meeting. Such meetings of the Rent Board Commission that occur by teleconferencing technology will provide an opportunity for members of the public to address this body and will otherwise occur in a manner that protects the statutory and constitutional rights of parties and the members of the public attending the meeting via teleconferencing. And be it further resolved that the secretary of the Rent Board Commission is directed to place a resolution substantially similar to this resolution on the agenda of a future meeting of the Rent Board Commission within the next 30 days. If the Rent Board Commission does not meet within the next 30 days, the secretary is directed to place such a resolution on the agenda of the next meeting of the Rent Board Commission. Somebody to move to adopt these findings and to motion that we have our next meeting remotely pursuant to uh, AB 361. I didn't hear all that. We need a motion, right? I, I, I'll move that we adopt these findings and have our next uh, meeting remotely pursuant to AB 361. Second. Second. 
Any further discussion? Call for the vote. Can you please clarify who that second was? Is that Commissioner Tom or President Gruber? I defer. I defer. Okay, I'll take it. Thank you, Commissioner Tom. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Tom? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. Commissioner Crow? Aye. Commissioner Sawney? Aye. Commissioner Hung? Aye. And Commissioner Haley? Aye. Thank you. President Gruber? Uh, do you have item B then? Is this where the parental leave thing comes in? <laughs> this is where the parental leave thing comes in, yes. All yours. Uh, I think I'm going to defer to my colleague, Senior ALJ Kumas. Hi, everyone. Uh, so last month I had prepared a memorandum for you that explained that the Board of Supervisors had adopted an ordinance or a law last year that establishes a citywide parental leave policy for board members and commissioners. Um, and this is part of administrative code chapter 67B. And the ordinance allows commissioners like yourselves to take leave in certain situations, uh, such as you know, if you're caring for a newborn child or after the placement of a child for adoption or foster care. Um, so this ordinance requires each commission in, in the city to add this parental leave policy to its rules of order or other similar document. Um, so the proposal that I made last month is that uh, this board could add the parental leave policy to its rules and regulations part two, which is um, board organization and procedures. And then this month I provided you some draft language for your review um, that you, know, you may want to consider. It's titled draft one, but this is my kind of proposed uh, rent board rules and regulation that would incorporate the city's uh, parental leave policy into your um, rules and regs. So if you have any comments or questions about it, um, you can discuss or ask me questions. But in order to actually amend the rules and regs uh, to incorporate the parental leave policy into our law, the board would need to schedule a public hearing during one of your future board meetings to allow the public to comment on the proposed amendments. So we could do that next month or the month after. Um, but that's that's why we had this on the agenda this month. So were there any, any questions about uh, the draft regulation? Um, but I believe one of you would have to make a motion then to agendize this for public hearing. I'll make that motion. So let's have it for public hearing and we have time in December. Yeah, there's sufficient. Yeah, let's time. do it December. What is it? December 13th? It's December 13th. All right. I'll make that motion. I'll second that motion.
Any discussion? Call for the vote. A motion to move out draft one of proposed rules and regulations, section 2.21, the parental leave policy to public hearing for December 13th, 2022. Commissioner Wasserman. Commissioner Sawney. President Gruber. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecker. Aye. Commissioner Crow. Aye. Commissioner Hung. Aye. And Commissioner Haley. Aye. Does that conclude old business? That concludes old business. President uh, do we then we move on to item number 10 new business? Is there any new business? There is no new business. President Gruber. Then we move on to item 11 calendar items, please. Thank you. President Gruber. Um, the next regularly scheduled commission meeting will be December 13th, 2022. A remote meeting via WebEx in the new format. And again, we will be getting you uh, prepared for that before that meeting. Um, I do not know how many appeals are currently pending. I know there's at least one. <laughs> My colleague may know more. And there will be a public hearing uh, on uh, the proposed rules and regulations, section 2.21. Okay, thank you. Um, who's the next reader for the uh, Ohlone land acknowledgement? Commissioner Chan has been up uh, two months in a row and, and has not been uh, present, so okay. it would be his turn. All right. Well, being no further business, uh, uh, I'd like to call for adjournment. I wish you all a, a, a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the uh, the cold weather, I guess, uh, and and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing everybody in in uh, December. We're adjourned. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night, Good night everyone.